Hold your Bible, lift it up real high. This is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter. A doer, not just a hearer. Today, I will learn from God's Word. And my life will never be the same. Because faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the Word of God. Amen. Let us go now to Exodus chapter number 3 from verse 11. We're starting a brand new series called The Great I Am. Discovering who Jesus Christ really is. Let us go now to Exodus chapter number 3 from verse 11. Exodus chapter number 3. Today we're going to be talking about Jesus Christ uh, who said, I am the bread of life. In John 6. And uh, he said in John chapter number 8, I am the light of the world. He said in John 10, I am the door. He said in uh, John chapter number 10 as well, I am the good shepherd. Someone shout, the Lord is my shepherd. And who might be the Lord? Jesus the Christ. Amen. He said in John 11, I am the resurrection. Remember the story? Martha came to Jesus and said, Jesus, if you had come earlier, uh, Lazarus would not have died. And Jesus said, he doesn't, he's not dead. He's going to be uh, uh, resurrected. And Martha said, well, I know that he's going to be resurrected in the last days when we are all raised from the dead. And Jesus said to Martha, no, you don't understand what I mean. I am the resurrection. Amen? You're looking at the resurrection right now. That's what Jesus said. John chapter number 14. Jesus said, I am the way. Someone say the way. Notice Jesus didn't say, I am one of the many ways to God. Have you ever heard people say there are many ways to God? And they all lead to Randbeg. You can take William Nicole. Or someone can take, you know, Malibongwe. We're all going to get to Randbeg. No, Jesus says, I am the way. I'm the only way. No one goes to the Father except by me. So if you go any other way that is not Jesus the Christ, you may end up somewhere, but it will definitely not be with God the Father. Amen? He says in John chapter number 15, I am the vine. Let us go now and read in Exodus chapter number 3 from verse 11. But Moses said to God, this is after, you know, God had said to Moses, I want you to go to Pharaoh and tell him to release uh, uh, the children of Israel. I want you to go there and be their deliverer. It's good to see Mash in church. Uh, good to see you, brother. He's recovering very well. He told me, he said, Pastor T, I have a bullet in my leg. I said, whoa, man, that's crazy. Have you ever watched cowboy movies? I watched this cowboy movie, and this one guy got up on the table. He said, I cannot be killed by a gun. Last week, they shot me in the head, and the bullet is still in my head. <laughs> Two weeks ago, they shot me in my heart. I have one bullet in my heart and one in my I can't be killed by a gun. I think MASH can quote the same thing from the, the cowboy movie. Can't be killed by a gun. Amen? So watch what happens. He says, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? And I said in the early service, every time God gives you an assignment, the first 
thing, if it's from God, the first thing you realize is how inadequate you are to carry it out. Man, if you're eager to go and you're like, man, I can do this, most likely you have not been given the assignment. When you realize the magnitude of what it means, you always say, Lord, I'm not sure I want to do this. And then he says, my grace is sufficient because my strength is made perfect in your weakness. In other words, don't worry, I will go with you or I will do it on your behalf. Amen? Amen? Watch what happens. Next verse. So he said, I will certainly be with you. Certainly. This shall be a sign to you that I've sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Next verse. Then Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel, say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? So he said, Man, I'm going to go to the children of Israel and tell them, The God of your forefathers has you know, given me this assignment to come and deliver you. But he knew them very well. He said the first thing they're going to want to know is, Who, who is this God? And that's the thing, you know, in the world there's this thing called the gospel of inclusion. Everybody worships God. But the question I have for them today is, what, what, what is the name of that God you're worshiping? Because if he's not the one of the Bible, we may be worshiping a different God. Amen? So watch what happens. Next verse. And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, notice it's in capital letters. Did you see it? And he said, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Do you see it? The significance of that is God didn't say go and tell them, I will be has sent me. Or I was has sent me. He said I am. And if you read Psalm 46 verse 1, he says he is our refuge. He is our strength. Our very present help in times of trouble. Amen? God is your very present help and He's the God of now. You know why? Because He's not governed by time. God lives in the ever uh, present eternity called now. Amen? And He says, go and tell them, I am. What does that mean? That means God has no beginning and He has no end. He is the one who began the beginning. That's why the Bible says in the beginning, God. He is the one who initiated time. God does not live in time. He lives out of time. That's why he could perform a miracle, turned water into wine. That miracle alone should have taken at least 20 years. Because you need about 12 years to plant the vineyard and let it grow. You rip the, the grapes and you squash them, press them on the presser, and you put the wine away so that it's good. At least entry level good wine is about 8 years. But Jesus gave, gave them 100 year bottles at the wedding. You know why? Because he's not governed by time. He came to the wedding, ran out of wine, and he said, I want to work with the servants. It's amazing, the logic of the master. He didn't say, I want to work with the governors. He says, bring out the servants. The servants came out, bring out the people with the heart to serve. They came in, they said, fill up the pots. And you know what they did? They filled up the pots to the brim. It wasn't half full, half obedience. It was full obedience. And after that, he said, now take the water and give it to the governors. When they scooped it, it was still water. And as they took steps of faith to give it to the governors, you could have been killed if you gave the governor water for wine. 
But as they took the steps of faith, man, that thing turned into wine. The best wine they'd ever had. Amen? And he's saying here, I am. I am the great I am. He's your present help. He's the absolute reality. He is self-sufficient. He is the absolute standard of truth, goodness, and beauty. He himself is the standard of what is true, good, and beautiful. And after he told them, I am, what that phrase means is Yahweh. Remember what we were singing? Yahweh. The great I am. That's what that means. And it also means Jehovah. After he had told them, man, go and tell them, Yahweh, Jehovah, send you. He started revealing himself to the children of Israel. He revealed himself as Jehovah Jireh, the one who sees and provides. He revealed himself as Jehovah Nisi, our victorious banner. Revealed himself as Jehovah Tzid Kenu, our righteousness. Amen? And as he's revealing himself, what he's doing is he's giving them a picture of the coming Messiah. And this is where we get to the crossroads with many other religions. Let me read it for you. Go to John chapter number 8. This is where we cross roads. John chapter number 8, verse 48. If we don't agree on this, we are not worshiping the same God. This is fundamental to what Christianity is about. What I'm about to read. This is Jesus. Then the Jews answered and said to him, do we not say rightly that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? They are accusing Jesus of having a demon. Can you imagine? Next verse. Then Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, but I honor my father. It's the first time they ever heard a man call God father. He says, I honor my father and you dishonor me. Next verse. And I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks and judges. Next verse. Most assuredly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he shall never see death. Next verse. Then the Jews said unto him, now we know that you have a demon. Because they are thinking in carnal terms, he is speaking spiritual realities. He is talking about, man, you will have eternal life. You will have Zoe life. You will live forever reconciled to God with the Father. They are thinking, you know, living forever in this tabernacle. So they're talking about different realities. And they can never understand spiritual realities. Remember what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 2.14? It says a carnal man can never receive the things of the Spirit. Why? Because they are spiritually discerned. So you need the Holy Spirit to understand the things of the Spirit. Next verse. Are you greater than our father Abraham, who is dead, and the prophets are dead? Who do you make yourself out to be? These are the Jews asking Jesus. Next verse. Jesus answered, If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. <coughs> Excuse me. It is my father who honors me, of whom you say that he is your God. Next verse. Yet you have not known him. But I know him. And if I say I do not know him, I shall be a liar like you. But I do know him and keep his word. Next verse. It's about to get deep. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day and he saw it and was glad. 
Right? Jesus. Jesus. He's saying, man, your father, the one that you say is great, when he saw me now finally coming into the earth realm through the virgin birth, he celebrated. Because he had an understanding of what that meant. Amen? But they're still caught in the carnal realm. And watch what they say. Then the Jews say to him, you are not even 50 years old. You're not yet 50 years old. And have you seen Abraham? They didn't realize just Jesus Christ was there in the beginning. He's the one who started the time. And watch how Jesus responds. Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, before Abraham was... Man, and he uses the same phrase in capital letters. Before Abraham was, you are looking at Yahweh. Before Abraham was, you are looking at Jehovah. And this is the crossroads. Because everybody celebrates Jesus. You know why? You have no choice. He's the greatest man to ever walk the earth. Everybody thinks Jesus was a great teacher. You have no choice. You have just have to accept that he is the most eloquent, most amazing teacher that ever walked on the earth. But here is the crossroads. They don't accept that he is the great I am. And this is the crossroads. Most religions agree with us that Jesus Christ was alive. That he walked the earth. That he performed miracles. But this, they won't agree that Jesus Christ is the very express image of the Father. That if you see Jesus Christ, you have seen God himself. Hallelujah! That Jesus the Christ is 100% God. And 100% man. It's called the deity of Christ. Man, I don't know the Jesus Christ you had in your mind, but let me tell you, the Jesus Christ, the real deal one, is the very express image of God. He is the representative of the Father, molecule for molecule, DNA for DNA. When you see Jesus, you have seen the Father. And this is why everything that God revealed as himself, Jehovah Jireh, Jesus met every need that he ever confronted when he walked on the earth. Jehovah Rapha, how the Holy Ghost filled Jesus with power and he went about healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Jehovah Tzid Kenu, our righteousness, when you receive Jesus Christ, not only do you get your sins washed away, you also receive the gift of righteousness. And you can boldly say, I am the righteousness of God. Everything God was in the Old Testament, Jesus manifested in the New Testament. You know why? Because Jesus the Christ is God. Now you go and preach that to the Muslims and see if we are talking about the same Jesus. You go and preach that to the Hindus. Let's see if we're talking about the same Jesus. Because the one I'm talking about is the great I am. He is the great Yahweh. He is exactly the one like Jehovah. That's Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Let us go now to John chapter number 6 verse 26. So today we are dealing with Jesus saying I am the bread of life. What does that mean? John chapter number 6, verse 26. And Jesus answered them and said, Most assuredly, I say unto you, you seek me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. 
So remember, Jesus had multiplied the loaves and the fish and fed the 5,000, and they started following him around. And he said, man, I know your motives. And this is why your motive is more important than your action. He says, I know your motives. You're following me around not because you know this is the sign, this is the God, this is the Messiah, this is the one. You are following me around because you want your immediate needs met. So even in giving, God says, man, you need to do it with a good heart. You don't give to get. You give, and when you get, so you can give again. You, 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 you become a blessing as you are blessed. That's what he said to Abraham. He said, man, I've blessed you to become a blessing. Amen? I said, amen. He said, you are following me because you just want your immediate needs met. Watch what happened in verse 26, 27. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you. Because God the Father has set his seal on him. Capital letter H. Then they say to him, What shall we do that we may work the works of God? So to a religious mind, they always think they can get their relationship going with God based on what they do. That's why their question was, What shall we do so that we may work the works of God instead of what have you done for us to empower us to do the works of God? So you don't start from a position of not having to a position of trying to attain. You start from a position of Jesus attaining it for you. And then you move from that position to doing. Because that's your new nature. So their question was, man, what can we pick up? What can we lift? What can we do what what time should we pray looking to which direction we want to earn this thing but you can never earn it you know why because it's priceless it's beyond what you can ever do so what did jesus say verse 29 and jesus said to them this is the work of god if you want to do the work of god here it is this is the work of god that you do what that you believe in him whom he sent. That you believe that he is the great I am. He says that's the work of God. That you believe in Jesus Christ and establish that relationship. Let me tell you brothers and sisters, when you have a relationship with God, you can do all the works. You can manifest all the works effortlessly. Man, when you work on your relationship with God, giving becomes a part of you, not a chore. When you have a relationship with God, serving just flows out of you. You know why? Because I have a relationship. It's flowing out of a relationship. I was saying I had a friend uh, in the first service. I know a friend. This dude, he was in a mechanical relationship. And this dude, you know, they really didn't have chemistry with this girl that he was dating at the time. And... Uh, because it was mechanical and there was no connection, man, nothing flowed out of him. He had to have about six messages for every day of the week. Templates. They call templates. Good morning, love. Good morning, babes. Good morning, sweetheart. And then you would switch them around because, you know, you just couldn't be creative enough. I mean, asking this dude to come up with a poem for this girl would have been work. 
You know why? Because there was no relationship. They didn't connect. It was an arranged thing. Both families thought it was good for them. And it's the same thing. When you try to do work outside of relationship, it's a chore. Giving becomes an obligation. They want a tithe again this month. <laughs> Next month again. And in January, again, January disease. Have they not heard of January disease this week? Because you're doing it outside of a relationship. So Jesus is saying, for you to establish this relationship, all you have to work on is having faith in him. Yeah. Not in yourself, not in what you can do, but in him. That's all you have to do. That's the work you have to do. Do you see it? Verse 30. Therefore they say to him, what sign will you perform then that we may see it and believe you? What work will you do? And then they start comparing. Remember Jesus had multiplied the five loaves and the two fish? And remember Moses had fed them for about 40 years every single day, six days a week? Remember? Yeah. So now they're comparing. They're saying, dude, you just fed us for one day. You just fed us for one day. Let's put things in perspective. Our father Moses, he fed them for every single six days for 40 years. You, we don't deny that this was a miracle, but a, a chief. So they're saying, hey, dude, what sign will you perform? Do something that we may see and believe in you. What work will you do? Because our fathers ate the manna in the desert, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. Do you see what he's doing? Say, man, you are focused on this bread that when you eat tomorrow morning, you're going to be hungry again. I'm talking about the real bread that when you eat, you'll never hunger again. You'll have eternal satisfaction. And not only that, you are fixated on a, on a, on a type and a shadow. Because everything that happened in the Old Testament was a type and a shadow of things to come. The type and the shadow of the manna that came from heaven was Jesus. Can you imagine going to a meeting? And then you, you know, the person you're supposed to meet with come through the corner and then their shadow you know, is over here. And then you start talking to the shadow and you get so mesmerized with the shadow... That when they come, you actually miss them. Because you were so mesmerized with the shadow. The, no, the real deal is Jesus. Talk to the real person and forget the shadow. It was just a shadow to point you to the real deal. And the real deal is Jesus the Christ. This is why in the Old Testament when the manna rained from heaven, they were told, man, you should not hoard the manna. You should just take enough for you to eat that day. Whatever you kept for the next day would rot. You'd wake up the next day, man, you have worms in it. And it was God's lesson for them to rely on him. Watch this daily. Give us today our yes supply. He says, give us today our daily bread. Man, you have to continue relying on Jesus every single day. Anything you hoard for the next day would rot. And you have to know that tomorrow there's going to be manna. And the next day there's going to be more coming from where this came from. And God is establishing an abundance mindset on the inside of them. 
not to hoard. Because guess what? I'm still going to bless you tomorrow and the day after. And next year. The same way I blessed you this year, I'm going to bless you next year. And all the years coming. And it was pointing to who? To Jesus. And they don't get it. They're still comparing. And watch what else he said. What verse am I on? 33? For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they say to him, Lord, give us this bread always. Now they also want manna. They also want manna for 38 years. They also want the past glory. But the real deal is here. They don't get it. God himself is standing before you. And you keep questioning him. Watch what they said in verse 35. And Jesus said to them, I am. Again, same phrase from Yahweh, Jehovah. And the minute you say this, whoa. What's this guy saying? You remember what happened in John 8? Did I finish reading that? In John chapter number 8, after he said, I am, they took up stones to throw at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and saw passed by them. It's always the crossroad. This. Who is the Jesus that you're talking about? There's this new thing called the gospel of inclusion. You know, we all worship the same God. No, we don't. Everybody has the different roads to go to the Father, and we're all going to get, no, no, we're not. It's either Jesus is he who said he is or he is not. And he said he was the way. He said he was the bread. He said if you receive the bread, you'll never hunger again. But if you don't receive the bread, you're always going to need something else. Hallelujah. Verse 35. He says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. In other words, I will give you eternal satisfaction. Man, you want true fulfillment? Receive Jesus Christ in your life. In his true nature. Knowing that he is all I ever need. You know, I know people are trying to get fulfillment in the latest uh, 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 model of a vehicle that's coming out. Some are trying to get fulfillment in having multiple relationships. Some are trying to get fulfillment. All kinds of things, man. But the only place you can find true fulfillment is in Jesus the Christ. He is the bread of life that gives you eternal satisfaction. Man, when you have Jesus, things don't matter to you. I was saying in the first service, man, he will not let you live like a pilgrim. Because guess what? He will bless you. But guess what? The blessing won't have you. You live in a really nice house, but the really nice house won't live in the inside of your, in your heart. But when you don't receive him as he is, the bread of life, that brings eternal salvation. You'll be chasing after things. And some religious things. Man, I have to pray three times a day. I have to fast 40 days. and I have to fast 21 days. January is coming. I have to fast. Man, if you're doing it for the wrong reason, to try and get approval from God, you have not received Jesus Christ in his true nature. He is the bread of life. If you take and partake of him, you will never hunger again. So Jesus Christ is God. He is Yahweh. He is Jehovah. 
So the next time they come to you and they say, man, we know Jesus too and we celebrate Jesus too. Tell them which one? <laughs> the good guy, just a good guy who walked on the earth, just a prophet. Or I am. Which one? Which one are you talking about? Because if it's not I am, we may be talking about a different one. I'm talking about the great I am. God himself incarnate. Amen? What verse am I in? Verse 36, 36. But I say to you that you have seen me, yet you do not believe. And all that the Father gives me will come to me. And the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of the Father who sent me, that of all he has given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up at the last day. And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son, capital letter S, and believes in him, capital letter H, may have everlasting life. And I will raise him up at the last day. What is Jesus saying? He's saying, man, if you believe in me, you will have eternal life. That phrase, eternal life, means Zoe, the God kind of abundant living, nothing missing, nothing broken. The one that he talks about in John chapter number 10, verse 10. Let's go there as we close. Someone shout, I have Jesus, I have Jesus. The, Christ, the Christ, in my heart. In my heart. Therefore, Therefore, I have eternal, I have eternal. Satisfaction, satisfaction, eternal, eternal. fulfillment. Man, you don't need your job to validate you. You got Jesus. You don't need a boyfriend to validate you. You got Jesus. You got eternal satisfaction and eternal fulfillment. That's all you need. Watch what he says in John chapter number 10, verse 10. The thief does not come. Who might be the thief? We know that dude. Satan, yeah, that's him. <laughs> Says the thief does not come. Man, I don't like calling him the devil because I'm giving him a title. No, Satan, man, just. Says the thief comes not except to what? Steal, to kill. And to... So if there's stealing in your life, if there's killing and destroying, who might be responsible? The thief, Satan. Amen? And he has empowered you. He has given you the power to rebuke him. And say, Puma. Amen? He says he comes to do only one thing. To steal, kill, and destroy. And he flips it. He said, I have come. This is Jesus talking now. He says, I have come that they may have. H-A-V-E. He says, I have come that they may have. The mindset you must have in relation to Jesus is he came that I might receive something. Notice he didn't say, I came that they may have more commandments and more rules and regulations. Do you see it? He says, I came that they may have life because they were dead. Outside of Jesus the Christ, you are D-E-A-D. You ever watch the movie, The Walking Dead? We have a lot of them. If you don't have Jesus in your heart, you are the walking dead. 
but you can choose life. He says, I came that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly to the brim until it starts overflowing. That's what it says in the Amplified. Man, if it's overflowing, there are no shortages. It's called eternal satisfaction. It's called eternal fulfillment. And this is the reason why Jesus Christ came. He came to give you life. He did not come to give you more rules and regulations. He kept the rules for you. I was saying in the first service, there's three things that's going to happen when you get to heaven. Three things. The first thing that's going to happen is you are going to be surprised that you made it. Because you know you. Know you. <laughs> and you is crazy. I was sharing with the guys that I was at the top of uh, uh, the Rockefeller Center in New York, about 100 or 200 floors up. And I was looking down and a thought came to me. It said, jump. Where did, where did that come from? And I realized I was not perfect. Just like you. Amen? So the first thing that will happen is, Mama, I made it. And the second thing that's going to happen is, there's some crazy people you don't expect to see in heaven. You're going to see them there. Hey, oh. You know why? Because you are judging them based on morality. God judges them based on who they put their trust in. If you put your trust in Jesus the Christ, morality falls away. And immorality too. And then there are those you're definitely going to expect to see in heaven. Because they are good two-shoes. They have high moral standards. But they put their trust in their moral standards and not... I mean, the Pharisees, man, they put their trust in their high moral standards. They said, man, they would tithe from spices and cumin. Man, think about it. You go to Woolworths and you buy a pack of spices, you take 10% of that. Bring it to church. I'm tithing everything. Prayed three times a day. Looking in the right direction. Fasted all the time. And Jesus still said they're missing it. Because the work of God is to believe in the one whom he sent. All you have to do is to put your trust in Jesus. The only question that's going to be asked as people are walking into heaven or to hell is, who did you put your trust in? Well, I did all these works. I, I did this. I did this for charity. And I went all over the world helping poor people. No, 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 no. Who did you put your trust in? Was it in Jesus or in yourself? And if it was in Jesus, bingo, you may walk in. In the finished work of the cross. Amen? I said amen. And the third thing that's going to happen, did I tell you? The people you expect to see. Because it's based on Jesus. Amen? So realize this morning that Jesus Christ is who he says he is or nothing at all. So if you're going to receive him, you better receive him as who he says he is. God, Savior, Lord, 
Yahweh Jehovah the great one not just a great man this is where we cross line why don't you stand on your feet next week we're going to be talking about Jesus saying I am the light of the world Father we thank you for Jesus the Christ the express image of the Father we worship you Jesus because you are the great I am you are Yahweh you are the bread of life the light of the world the door no one goes to the Father except by Jesus the Christ you are the Good Shepherd the Lord Jesus Christ is my Shepherd and I shall not want you are the resurrection the way the truth and the life you are the vine and in you and from you do we derive our lives thank you Lord that we are branches that are not cut off from the vine from the source of life but we are plugged in because we have chosen to put our trust in you our Lord Jesus Christ Father, we thank you this morning for the revelation knowledge that you are God. And we honor you as God. The very express image of God the Father. Even as you declared in your earthly ministry, he who has seen me has seen the Father. We embrace that counsel. We embrace that knowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord. The great I am. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we honor you. We give you praise and glory. We pray for those who are sick in their bodies right now. We speak healing in the name of Jesus. We pray for those uh, who need to realize that in you they have eternal satisfaction. Father, we thank you for those that need to receive the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for who you are. Father, we give you praise and glory and honor. And we all together say as a family in the mighty matchless name of our Lord Jesus Christ we have prayed and everyone said amen and amen and remember these words from 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7 for we walk by faith and not by sight we love you God bless you greet 3 or 30 people and tell them you love them